Hi guys, I have a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hashtag General, James, we should probably actually turn on the lights. <laughs> so Logan's had a lot of fun yeah. with that. I have probably had way too much fun with that. Um, we will talk about that later. Uh, but how have you been, Chris? I know it's been a busy... Good, it's been a busy month. Dude, it's been a busy month. Like, we missed the normal broadcast that was supposed to go two weeks ago because... Right. James was traveling, and we just were we were trying to record something. Yeah, and just all of us were so busy that the just schedules didn't line up. Right, because busy. But other than busy, how have you been? Good, just tired. Uh, like BlizzCon was this weekend. Uh, Leland's World Championships is still going on. It's still like very actively a part of my life, but it's in Europe, so the time difference has been screwing with me a little bit. Um. How much is the time difference? Were you up late enough that you watched the clock fall back? Correct, yeah. So I would... Matches start at 4 a.m. and they run till like 8 or 7. Oh. Uh, And then I'm up at 10. So I have like two hours of sleep on match days. And then plus with BlizzCon going, it's like straight down to Anaheim or straight down to wherever I needed to be, right? So... Yeah. You know. So no sleep. And if you pass out, I'll just carry on. Yeah. We're good. good. Yeah. The extra hour helped me out. So we're good. Yeah. But it's three hours of sleep. No, it's just been, I think that's the thing for me too. It's just been busy, like work when it was super quiet in the summer, but then all of a sudden it was like September and October hit and it was just like, oh yeah. Remember how like Like life happens. Yeah. Life happens and we're going to be the exact opposite of quiet. We're going to be just like, there was a good two week period where, cause the thing with for me with work at the job I'm at now, you, I work a nine to five, and usually there's enough work that I am done by five. And right. there's been a couple times where I just, I actually had to work late. <laughs> it right. was just like, oh, that's how I know it's busy. I actually had to work late. Right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think we're ready to dive in. You ready it. to start? Let's talk about today. Let's, let's go. We got a lot to go through. James, let's start with Marvel. So. For those of you who don't follow the inner workings of Disney, basically, Ike Perlmutter lost almost everything. Yeah, so Ike Perlmutter was the former kind of head... Well, he's still technically the CEO of Marvel. Okay, so, yeah, technically the CEO of Marvel, but, like, he was running a lot of what... Well, obviously he's CEO, but he controlled a lot of the budgets and controlled a lot of how their spinning was going, and he is infamously known as, like, a cheapskate. Yeah. Uh... And so that's why a lot of the earlier Marvel projects don't really get off the ground or don't anything that he's directly in charge of don't really do that yeah. well. Ike Perlmutter, if you follow the industry, he's the reason why Marvel almost didn't make stuff like Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Right. When you think of when you think of misogynistic old white dudes, you have Ike Perlmutter. You have Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> and so a lot of one of the reasons why there was a lot of talk about how Kevin Feige got moved out of Marvel into his own little Marvel Studios under well Disney was to get out of the he from under the heel of Ike Perlmutter. Right. And what happened a 
few weeks ago is Disney reorganized Marvel. So it sounds like Marvel Studios is now back within Marvel in a way, but Kevin Feige has complete creative control over everything. Right. So for anyone not paying attention, the Marvel Studios TV or movie studio, so the ones that make all the MCU films, was broken out and put under direct control of Disney. Meaning that Kevin Feige had control over that and then went directly to Bob Iger and not yeah. to... Bob Iger and Alan Horn, Ike Promoter had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with it. it. He was cut out completely. So then at this point, now that's been brought back into the Marvel fold, but Kevin Feige has been given a higher up position so that now Kevin Feige has somewhat creative control over TV as well as comics, comics which is a huge deal. Uh, and so there's a lot more tie-in and things that can happen there, which can be really exciting. Uh, most importantly, it means that Marvel TV is going back under Kevin Feige and can be more brought into the MCU. That's the reason why a lot of the Marvel TV shows feel a little disjointed or feel like they're uh, adjacent to the MCU and not actually a part of the MCU. Uh, because they were the production team behind MCU had nothing to do with it. Right. So it's also why uh, Inhumans was a piece of garbage, because that was a direct Ike Perlmutter like, project, one that he wanted to see through and one that he kind of pushed for. Um, the, the Defenders shows, uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, as well as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as Cloak and Dagger, I think, are the ones that... Or Cloak and Dagger and The Runaways are all shows that I probably really didn't have direct say in. Uh, and Humans was the only one that really Perlmutter took direct interest in. But then that's like, also the one where they threw a lot of money at. Right, but they paid directors that were, quote, cheap and easy. Yeah. Rather than, you know, actually creative people that we're going to put the time in. Um, so that, that, that's a lot of the reason why as well. The interesting thing, though, now is like, especially with the Netflix shows and a lot of the other characters that are being used, so like Cloak and Dagger is a big, like Cloak and Dagger are big characters and like those are important yeah. characters, uh, as well as Ghost Rider being used in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then they have, of course, all the Defenders characters. So Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist and Daredevil. Uh, all of them, I think, are on two-year... There's something in the contracts where they can't be they used. They can't for, use them for, I think, until 2021. Right, so two years, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, obviously, things are being planned to bring them back into the fold. Like, there's no reason why they would do this if they're not planning to bring them back into the fold. Where they fit in, I don't know. I know that... There's a lot of rumors that Charlie Cox is being brought back as Daredevil. Yeah, that's a big Daredevil. rumor going around right now, is that he's not just coming back as Daredevil, that he's going to be in Spider-Man. Right, so that's a really big deal, and really important to understand that, like, okay, these shows are still going to be canon MCU films. They're or, integrating them in the best way they can. Right. Where With the, the show may not be canon, but the character right. is. Right, and I think the important thing to realize, too, is, like, as much flack as a lot of the Netflix shows got, the casting was kind of spot on. Yeah, because I've not only heard Charlie Cox, I've also heard D'Onofrio. Right. Um, who played uh, Fisk in yeah. Daredevil. Is Kingpin. Also, uh, Kingpin. So he's... He also apparently wants to come back and right. he's on the slate. So it's it sounds like this integration in terms of the MCU is Kevin Feige is now starting to pick and choose what he wants. Right. Which is really important and really big and kind of awesome yeah so everything is working out great but there. the thing too is if you and again to get into like the inside the industry type thing ike perlmutter has been like the boogie the boogie boogeyman man. 
of Marvel where every whenever you hear rumors or stories about how there were creative issues with Marvel, it sounds more from what a lot of people said is whenever an actor had a problem or someone had a problem, it was often with Ike Perlmutter. Right. And not with Marvel. Right. Uh, per so, se. Yeah. So I think what's happened is because of Disney Plus and it's now more important for all of Marvel to be like cohesive and function as a unit. Right. I think what they did is they can't get rid of Ike Perlmutter. After all, I think I didn't realize this, but apparently after the Marvel purchase, he might actually have a larger stake in Disney than the Jobs estate. Right. So where you kind of can't get rid of the guy, but they've basically done all they can to make sure that he kind of is just a figurehead a figurehead who has some oversight of financial issues, but doesn't really have any authority in that regard. Right. And so, and again, we've talked about, like, we understand this, and I think most hardcore Marvel fans understand this, and, like, maybe some industry people understand this, but... As soon as they allow Kevin Feige to start tapping into comic book tie-ins and really work with the comics and the comics team, I don't think people in a casual sense really understand the breadth of Marvel Comics and the talent that Marvel Comics has and still the quality that they put out on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, It's absolutely incredible what they're able to do. And so as soon as you're able to tie those people back into the MCU or to TV shows and then vice versa, have all of that be synergistic. Well, not only that, it's almost like that everyone keeps talking about how Lucasfilm needed to learn from Marvel. But it's almost like in this page, Marvel or Disney is learning from what's working for Lucasfilm and bringing it back in, where everything that has come out, with the exception of like most of the like children's books, like... Adventures with Chewbacca or whatever, like <laughs> right. all of the comics, all the novels, everything exists in the one continuity and they can now not necessarily, I don't think they're going to make it no. all be one continuity, but now you have the option to have the MCU be bigger than just the movies and even bigger than just the shows. You could actually have it also be comic book time. And it's so important to help fill in some of those gaps uh, that people are asking for yeah. that you don't necessarily need to film a one shot or film a TV show to fill in. Like you can just do it in a comic book. Exactly. Um, and it's so important for the world building and for lore and like things that geeky people care about. Right. Like it's so important to have that. So yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. It, I think this is huge. I think this is, a big, huge this is, deal. I think this is bigger than people are looking at it, but well, it's, it's one of those cases where if anything, it is Disney reasserting its faith in Kevin Feige, but at the same time, also knowing that the way forward is Kevin Feige and no longer like, there's no reason to continue to appease Perlmutter. Right. There, there just isn't. Right. So, you know what? Let him do whatever. Let him throw his political rallies for billionaires. But, He's not going to have any say anymore over the creative. But, yeah, that's... I think it was a good and smart move, and I'm surprised. I honestly kind of surprised it took this long. Yeah, it's just like, this is one of those scenes where you think they might have done this back when MCU got pulled, but it sounds like that might have been the only move politically that they were able to do internally. I mean, and you got to think, too, a lot of it is... A lot of the moves they're making, it's a lot of, like, setup for when Iger leaves, right? So it's a lot of the... Iger has a lot of control, has a lot of power... And so you can't, while the person that comes in next obviously is going to have a certain amount of control and a certain amount, but he's not going to have the gravitas and the sort of person, he's not going to be the yeah. person that Bob Iger is, right? So like you have to kind of set things up to make things as easy as possible in the transition. 
and giving. If you want to have one person who can just run Marvel and you know it's going to be fine without right. having to be nitty gritty into the details, right. then it's Kevin Feige. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's smart move and probably the only move they could have done with the idea that what Iger's gone in two years. Two years. So so it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But let's let's move on, shall we? Or is there a problem? <laughs> I just see like loading screens on James's computer. Uh, other things. <laughs> James doesn't want to hear listen to us ramble. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, James got shit to do. TV. So, did you watch the? Uh, well, I can hear you. I know. I'm trying to not. Cool. <laughs> Oops. It's okay. It's a flat blast from the past. Okay. Um, so did you watch the Witcher trailer at all? I did. I really liked it. I do. I, I did. I, did. I really like it. Uh, I think it's risky for it to come out when it's coming out. I know. Like, there was a lot of rumors are going around. And at first, I thought it was coming out this month. And I'm like, of course, that makes sense. You need to get it out this month. But it's coming out the 20th. Yeah. And it's like, oof. The, it's going to get lost in the Star Wars conversation. It's going to get really lost in the Star Wars conversation. And... It, it's going to get lost in the Star Wars conversation. And I think their hope is because it's coming out on the holidays that they can just... There's going to be like a two-week period where everyone is either out of work or out of school where they can just sit down and watch it, which I guess is true. But in that same regard, Thanksgiving. Right. It would have been smarter to do it during Thanksgiving and during during November. But like... The re- yeah, the, other than the release... like. The release date is bad. But right. The, everything else, it everything looks else awesome. Looks I'm really super good. excited for it. Uh, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I like The Witcher. I like the lore. I like the games. I like yeah, the books. So like, I'm I'm in. But This is a, evidently, it sounds like it's based off the first two books of right. short stories. So that... Correct. Which I've only finished reading two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, do you I, like... I'm really... Is it your enjoy- first jump into the Witcher stuff? It's not my first jump into Witcher because I have Witcher 3 and I've okay. been playing that very slowly. Sure. But there's a reason I stopped playing Witcher, playing Witcher after I started reading the books because I was like, oh, I really like this lore. Yeah. This is a really fun read to where I'm now like, kind of like, you know what? I'm going to pause Witcher. I'm going to try to read everything and then pick up Witcher again just right. so I can continue the story. Oh, see, then you gotta pick up The Witcher 1, which is kinda rough at this point. Witcher I, 2 is really good, but Witcher, Witcher 2 and 3 still hold up and are really good. Witcher 1 is a little rough. I am a fan of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of my thought on Witcher w- 1. Witcher it's, 1 is a, is, a, is a tough one. It's like when you play Mass Effect, and you're like, Mass Effect 2 and 3 are great, but Mass Effect 1's a little rough. We've talked about that. But Witcher Witcher 1 is even worse than Mass Effect 1. Like, Witcher 1 is rough. I remember pick... I think I played it for five minutes and immediately was like... Because they had ported it to Mac. Yeah. And at that time, I had, like, a Windows partition on my iMac, but, you know, limited space. Didn't want to use it all. I'm like, oh, it has a Mac client. Download it. I'm like, oh, man, this is really slow and laggy. It just doesn't seem to work well. It's probably the port go fine i go over to the windows client i download witcher one i boot it up and lo and behold it wasn't the mac port it was just the game yeah it's a little rough it was it was rough but no i the thing i like about the trailer for what we're getting with netflix is like the way he fights it's like yeah that's exactly how i would imagine right like a real version real version of it would be where it is a little more has a flourish that doesn't actually work, right? It's, but it, unless you were like a mutant, 
Right. Like, right, right. And like Geralt has a certain amount of showmanship to him. Uh, yeah, and a certain amount a of flair. yeah, a certain uh, he has a certain amount of swag that I think Cavill gets across very well. So I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, you yeah. know, it looks really good. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to talk about it if we ever get time to talk about it. Because again, it's like right in the middle yeah. of Star Wars. It's just first off, you already have the problem of Netflix. Like I was seeing this today on Reddit where someone was like, wait, season three of Dragon Prince is already about to come out? Right. What happened to season two? It was like, well, season two was February, which was like six months after season one, but no one had known. It just is. Yeah. Netflix's marketing team, I don't think they realize the reason why Witcher is getting a lot of attention is it's The Witcher. Yeah. Not because they've done an amazing job marketing it. Right. They just randomly drop trailers and it's like, there's no, there's nothing else. Yeah, it's yeah. The time is going to be the thing that might yeah. hurt it. I will watch it. I know you will watch it. I know our friends will watch it. But how many uh, how many people are going to get lost or are not going to realize it's true. out? True. And like, I don't it? even think unless you're a fan of The Witcher, like if you're just a video game fan, and you know what The Witcher is. Like, you're not going to be sold. You have to like be like want to be a fan, like be in this world. And like, it's again, you've read Witcher stuff. You play The Witcher. Like, it's a it's a all-encompassing like you got to be in yeah like you gotta you gotta be in if you're not in it's just otherwise otherwise you get confused real fast like what's going on so you gotta get you know you gotta grab people and if you don't it's tough yeah should be interesting to see how that one plays out yeah um but let's let's move on now so the apple tv launch was rough very rough rough uh Every review I have seen of just the service in general has basically been, like, I've seen a few things where they put all they put a lot of money. So I I only watched one show on one? on Apple TV. I watched the first episode. Uh, they put a lot of money into it. There's a lot of great actors in it. See, and I was like, no, and I was like, I thought I, like a lot. Everything to me pointed like this is their flagship show, and I was like, all right, I'm interested. Give me a shot. And I watched the morning show. Oh, you went with morning show. And I've heard that is a hot mess. It is not good. Yeah. And I'm surprised because it's it's the kind of thing I like. I enjoy shows like the morning show. Uh, I enjoy the actors that are in the morning yeah. show. It is not a good show. Yeah, no, I've heard nothing good about maybe the morning I, maybe because I watched it at night, but like you know, it's not a good show. I, I've heard nothing good about morning show. I've heard. A few positive things about C, but most of it has been meh. Yeah. Like, where a couple of people are like, oh, this, they're trying to totally build, do a lot of world building, like, to try to make this sure. be a Game of Thrones successor by having there be a lot of world building. It's like, okay, that's interesting. I know I'm really interested in For All Mankind just because of the talent behind it. Sure. But... I have not heard anything that made me go, oh, this is a service I should be paying $5 a month for. Because unlike you, I haven't, my last big Apple purchase is too far back that I right. don't get the free year to where I'm just like, yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue watching anything on there. And like, I'm just going to. Yeah, it's like, I, I still think long term, Apple is long, if they somehow find a hit and they keep up this whole thing of buy an apple product it's free for a year which i've heard a lot of people say that that might actually be more of a long-term thing than they've indicated right. 
then they might be able to build something out because that's kind of how Amazon Prime built out their stuff. Right. That's because like the main Amazon thing. Amazon Prime right? didn't have like Academy Award winning or no. Golden Globe nominees when they started, but then they got there. Yeah. I mean, the, the argument that I saw was that they are not the con- like you can't put them and Disney Plus in the same box because Disney yeah. Plus is very content driven while like you're saying Apple TV Plus has been is in the service market which is more what Amazon is where they're just banking on tying you into the ecosystem right and so as soon as they are able to like rope you in, then it, then you're fine, and then you're more likely to buy Apple products. Or more likely, yeah, to buy you're it. either gonna keep buying Apple products, or you might let the subscription continue if there's a show you like, or like you might you might say, oh, there's a bundle that like the, there's a lot of rumors about them tying in Apple TV Plus, Apple News, Apple Arcade. Yeah, uh, the and bundle then, rumors are starting to actually and pick then, up again, as well as iCloud storage. Yes, so like. Hey, for ten bucks, you can get two hundred gigabytes iCloud storage plus a year of Apple Plus or Apple. Apple and you know TV what? Plus. I would probably do that because right. I'm already paying for iCloud storage, right. and it's just like you know what? I get an extra thing out of it. Sure. So it's unless Apple pl- starts playing the bundle game. If again, we can't say that this is how it's going to be a year from now because they still have a ton of content to come. But like, this isn't a great launch. It's rough. It's a very rough it's launch, rough. and it's not. A rough launch, and where because there's been other rough launches where it's been on the technology side, not on the content side. This one is a rough launch on the content side, right? Which is not great. No, it's even worse. Yeah, and then you can't you can't convince. It's hard to convince people after the first impression that you have good content. Exactly, and then to move on, we also got some news on HBO Max, where they're going hard trying to grab people. They got a Green Lantern show. They are, there's so much on there that I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing and I kind of support this. But at the same time, it's also like, what are you doing? Like, they're going to not, because they have their own DC subscription service that's right. separate. And that isn't going to get bundled in with HBO Max. It's going to continue to be separate. It's, there's mixed messaging over HBO Now. And it turns out the mixed messaging is because if you're an HBO Now subscriber, they're going to just give you HBO Max for free and try to get you to just, like, convert your subscription right. over. Unless you've been paying for HBO Now through a third-party processor like Apple, and then if you're someone who signed up for HBO Now, the moment you could, there was only one place you could get it, and it wasn't through HBO, it was through Apple. Right. So the people who are on HBO Now the longest are also the ones who are like, wait, what do you mean? I don't get it. Right. It's... I get that they're trying to go for the premium side of things because they're starting at fifteen ninety nine a month. Yeah, they're banking on that HBO name, and it's just like, yeah, and I think Big Bang Theory is not HBO content. No, and, and I the think fact that it's given their name is a bad move. Yeah, I think they're watering down its brand, and they're going to mm-hmm. start ruining that name very quickly if they're not if they're not producing top quality content. Like, yeah, I, the only thing that piqued my interest there was the Green Lantern show. And I was like, even then I'm not entirely sure that I would pay 15 a month for that show. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great that it includes HBO, but then there's the question I have is like, well, why, if you think, why not treat this as the bundle where HBO max comes with whatever your streaming services and HBO. Right. Instead of trying to do this all in one go thing, because Everyone isn't going to be looking at it as, oh, I get HBO and all this other stuff. All the conversation is about the other stuff right now. And everyone also kind of worried that this is going to dilute HBO content. Because now, instead of concentrating on making great content, they're now concentrating on quantity of content because of a directive from AT&T. And that's that's not a good sign from your premium brand. Right. 
Um, so it's I'm the more I hear about it, the more I'm kind of just like, eh, yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm confused. And again, you have the the behemoth Disney breathing down everyone's neck, which is that's let's let's start talking about the behemoth because this is this is crazy. So Disney Plus, when I first read this article. I misread it as they were saying this was the numbers that they'd hit in 2020. And I was like, no, this is bullshit. There's no way that's only the amount of subscribers that get in 2020. Then I re- realized I misread the headline and it was, this is how many subscribers they expected to get by the end of this year. So by the end of 2019, right. some analysts are already expecting H- or Disney Plus to have 8 million subscribers. And then that should jump to 18 million by the end of 2020. So call me nuts. I think those are low estimates. Another study has also determined that prior to launch, Disney Plus already has over 1 million subscribers. Yes. That I know. Holy shit. I know. We're 12 days out. And here you see, we're 12. We're we're, we're we're less than 12 days out. We're nine days out. We're nine days out. A, we're nine days out. B, the only reason I haven't already subscribed is... I want the bundle. I want the bundle. bundle. And since we already have a Hulu account, my my family already has a Hulu account, in order to have that bundle work, we have to sign up when it launches. So how many people are like me and are waiting for the bundle and to sign up? That's what I'm saying. I think that's a really low estimate. So it's... Yeah. Like, I would bump it at least to 10, to, 10 and 20, but, you know, it, I think it's super low. It's going to be a behemoth. Mm-hmm. I think if Netflix isn't freaking out, they need to start. I think everyone should be freaking out. I think, yeah. well, I think HBO is already freaking out because they're like, oh, shit, we're behind eight ball. No, there's a, a, there was, I should try to find it and include it in the show notes, but there was an article I read. I think a few weeks ago where there was some talk from where they talked to some people who are in charge of HBO Max who right. were behind the scenes and evidently AT&T and Warner are very concerned especially since they knew that they were going to be doing this 1599 bundle right. and they had apparently planned that prior to Disney announcing their 499 price and to where they're now kind of wondering if they've misplayed their hand right but everything was apparently already like set, and this is where they're going to go, and they were committed to the course. But apparently, apparently, it is racking people's nerves at other studios that how well Disney Plus is being received prior to launch from both content and pricing. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, the I heard an article too that was saying Disney Plus was a uh, was a huge gamble until Disney's money and marketing expertise kicked in. And like, dude, I want. There's an ad going around. Well, first off, the TV spot that they have is a 30 second TV spot, where it's literally. Is that like, the Iron Man to Ray to yes. yeah yeah and the then, one you and keep then it, seeing yeah and then it ends with Han Solo going Chewie we're home and yes then it go, and then it goes Disney Plus over Disney the Plus thing, it's right? it's perfect it's, it's a like really good ad because it says everything you would ever need to know right then there's a there's a there's a there's a ad that's going around on social media. Which is the Simpsons one? Have you seen yes, that one? Yes, the Simpsons and one is hilarious. And it's genius. It's right? so good. I love. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, it's basically Bart walks out refusing in a, to in a Mickey costume, but he's referring to wear the wear the ears. And and uh, he says something about I don't care how much money they give us, and and Bart or Homer says something to the effect of You're going to put that uh, 
those ears on or whatever, and he's wearing an Iron Man costume. That's too small. That's too small. <laughs> and then so uh, he goes fine. He puts the he puts the ears on, and then it zooms out, and it's and you all see the, all of them in costumes. In costumes. So I think uh, Maggie is Bo or Maggie or I think Lisa's Bo Lisa's Peep. Bo Peep. Uh, someone's Bo Peep. Someone is Ray. Uh, I think it's uh, Maggie's Ray. And I forget what else is like. And it's just, it's oh, and someone's a National Geographic character. I forget what it is. Actually, that might be Lisa. Lisa's the, Nas- Lisa's the National Geographic character, and uh, Marge is Bo Marge Peep. is Bo Peep. And then so he puts on the thing. The the Iron Man thing comes down, and it's all of them standing underneath each one of the individual logos. And then the Simpsons logo flies in on top of the Disney Plus logo. And then it, when it zooms out, Bart moons the camera, right. and then the Disney logo cover like it's you actually see everything. And like a second later, the Disney logo moves down to the blur. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's, it's one of the really good. And it, again, it's Disney's marketing expertise and like they're the the Imagineers at Disney, right? Like just they're 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 so good at it. Because they, that's something you want to share too. Right. It's not just like, oh hey, here's a new spot from Disney Plus. It's like, here's this hilarious thing. Oh yeah, it's for Disney Plus. It comes out in November. Right. And they do a great job of that's the ad that goes to social. It's the funny one that you want to share, that you want to show people. And then the one that gives you all the feels and the one that makes you like nostalgic and makes you tear up inside is the one that goes to like YouTube TV and, and YouTube. TV. Yeah, it's they're they are playing the hand they have very well. And by the way, speaking of Disney Plus, we'll totally be talking about the Mandalorian's first two episodes here in two weeks. Yeah, uh, super excited. Spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's one of those things where like we're not. It hasn't even launched yet, and it's already proving that it's going to be the monster. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah, and I can't. I honestly can't wait. Like it's something that I sit there because like. There's points in my day where I'm like, I'm working on something, or I'm working on a spreadsheet, and I'm like, I just want something on in the background. Yes. And I'm like, damn it, I want Disney Plus now. Like, I need I know, this right I've been now. in the exact same boat where I'm like, it's not that I'm wanting to watch something specifically, it's more of like, you know what would be fun? To just throw on one of the Disney Renaissance movies, just to have it in the yeah. background while I'm working, and then I sit there and I have your exact re- reaction, because I've had that multiple times in the past few weeks, where I'm like, can this just come out now? I am yeah. ready to just be able to load stuff up and go. Yeah, and, like, and the thing is that there's stuff on there where it's like, dude, I want this. It's stuff that I couldn't get before or that like just didn't exist before. Like, okay, like all the all the old cartoons I grew up with, right? So I grew up. Uh, there's an '80s Spider-Man called cartoon called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. I used to watch it every morning when I was little because they were used to run reruns when I got him from school. So the so dude, I watched that all the time. It's Spider-Man. It's uh, it's Spit. It's Starfire and it's uh, uh, it's the uh ice guy ice man right <laughs> ice, guy. I, ice man right sorry it's, it's i'm tired mr so, freeze I, I almost said Mr. <laughs> but like so it's those three characters and it's just them living their lives and then like and then they just go on adventures like it's a weird fucking show but it's awesome and i love it then they have the 90s x-men cartoon and the 90s spider-man cartoon which are considered to be two of the greatest superhero cartoons of all time then they have there's a weird Mighty Ducks cartoon that I used to watch when I was oh little. Oh, God, that's coming back. I remember that. Okay, so basically what it is, it's their ducks that they're from they're an play- alien. They're from an alien planet. And they, and they land play on, hockey. Play, they, they land on Earth and they play hockey on this, on this, they play hockey on this planet. And they're in 
part of an intergalactic war and they're part of a military group, but they play hockey. So all their weapons are hockey themed and all this shit, but they happen to land on Earth and then they get picked up by the mighty, by the Anaheim, by Anaheim Ducks. Because at that time, the Anaheim Ducks were owned by Disney. <laughs> right. So then they get picked up by the Anaheim Ducks. So then now they play for the Anaheim Ducks during the day and they make their military base of operations under the stadium. <laughs> okay. I remember loving that show as a okay. kid. So that show's on there. <laughs> I'm excited because I can finally watch Gargoyles because my parents yeah. didn't let me watch that. Gargoyles is on there. Kim Possible is on there. Like all this stuff that I used to watch when I was little that I can now share with my daughter is on there. It's so good. And I can't believe you also watched this Mighty Duck show. Because every, <laughs> every time I bring it up, because I bring it up to Jenny all the time and she goes, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, no. It's an, I was like, it sounds dumb, but it's awesome. Logan knows. He understands. <laughs> it's not a dream. It's real. Yes. Oh. Okay, the the character main character of the show, there's a he's still the mascot of the of the Anaheim Ducks. His name is Wild Wing. Okay, and it's a duck in a hockey mask that well, yeah, it's the it's like goalie mask. The yeah. the, the, the duck goalie mask right. was designed so, for this. So now that when you go to a Ducks game, there's that mascot walking around. There's Wild Wing walking around in a duck suit with the goalie mask. Right, it's a duck in a goalie mask with the with the Mighty Ducks. Uh, or with, with whatever Anaheim Ducks jersey they're wearing at the time, right? That is their mascot. Now, in the show, Wild Wing's the main character, and his mask is like a... Uh, it's like a... It's, I don't remember. It's like a visor. It's like, a, it's, yeah. like his, it's like his helmet. So when he... It's like his Master Chief helmet. So he's, he's the regular duck, whatever, and he puts, on the, he puts on the goalie mask, and then it turns gold, and it covers his whole face like a helmet. Okay? It's awesome. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> but in the show, he's actually the goalie for the Mighty Ducks. God, I remember that show. I'm also excited to watch Darkwing Duck. Yeah, Darkwing Duck's on there. All the original DuckTales are on there. It's it's gonna be nuts. There's gonna be like a good week-long period. Like, thanks. Dude, we need week. to have a... I, told, I was joking, but like we really need to have a segment of what, what are we watching? What are we watching? Yeah, this is actually being discussed and probably will happen. Like, what are we watching is, on what Disney What did we watch on Disney Plus this week? Because it is a thing, too. And we, like I, t- I think we talked about it when we were at Disneyland, and we kind of discussed it, too. The I love Disneyland, right? Disneyland's one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, I know that place is like the back of my hand. And it's, and it's always fascinating to me how that place functions and runs, right? The operations of it, how oh, it functions, about... how it runs. Every there's about six documentaries about Disneyland in that Disney Plus that they put trailers out for. There's an Imagineers one that goes through how they built that the ride. That one looks so good. Right. There's a in the life of a Disney or like in the life of a cast member where they just follow cast members throughout and their daily lives. That's gonna be a recurring life. show, right? It's... That they just follow through their daily lives of like what they do in the park and like how it, you know from them getting up in the morning to when they arrive at Disneyland to what they do and like it's. Oh my god. This is like something this is a dream for me to watch over and over again. But yeah, that Imagineer show looks great. That or a documentary really looks Yeah, fantastic. that documentary looks really good. But Disney Plus coming to your TV. It sounds later like a big it sounds like a big commercial, but like this this is incredible. <laughs> it really is. Maybe we should see if they do like some code thing because we talk about it so much. We, should we do. Try, we should try to get something out of it. Disney. Type in give Logan, us an affiliate code. <laughs> type in quality three into the Disney Plus uh, promo code and get five dollars off. <laughs> Minimum two year commitment. Yeah. By the way, apparently, uh, almost a hundred thousand people I think did the three year commitment. Yeah. Crazy. It's nuts. Um, again, only reason I didn't do it. 
I yeah, I'm waiting for the bundle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the final thing on TV, and this is this is something we brought up last time. How I think, given how we consume content, stuff like uh, video game live streaming and all that, needs to be viewed in a similar lens to television, especially since Mixer just went on a shopping spree. Yeah. And uh, uh, we we can talk about this if you want. I, I think it's just really kind of... I have a lot of thoughts, but like... I'm sure you do, because my whole thing is, it felt like for a while that their grab of some of the talent that they took off Twitch backfired. That they spent a lot of money... It's still going to backfire. And not a lot of people moved over, but it's bizarre in that they're... Du- it's like they're doubling down. Right. So it's like, that didn't work. Spend more money. Right? Yeah. And so they grab Shroud. Again, great grab. Shroud and Ninja are fantastic. Uh, Don't they play together, too? The, they do more now, because they're kind of forced to. But... They do to a certain extent. The thing that makes it interesting is they're obviously so they also approached Tim the Tatman, they also approached Dr. Disrespect. Uh, I have a couple of rumors that they talked to a couple other people, and like people have said, like they've I've heard a lot of people confirm off stream that they've been approached by Mixer. Um, I can out them now, but like Tim the Tatman and Dr. Disrespect were ones that they confirmed on stream that like yes they were approached dr disrespect would have been the big grab because obviously that's the big fish uh bigger than ninja and bigger than like that he is the biggest streamer right so you you can't go wrong with doc but doc stayed loyal to twitch i don't know if loyal is the right word but he stayed to where the brand is yeah and where the money is um or he controls kind of his destiny still whereas because the reason why I'm like, this needs to be lumped in with television less than, hey, it's just people streaming games, is the moment that happens, it's almost like they're grabbing talent. Um, evidently, yes, James, I didn't realize we skipped a topic. Um, oh, okay. Don't go back? Well, no, we'll, we'll keep on going okay. with this. And then we, we might jump back. Okay. Uh, it's just a brief, it's oh, about okay. the Peacock streaming yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. Um, more streaming services. More streaming services. Well, I, I, it's literally all it is is a, there was rumors going around that they're going to do an ad-supported free tier, which is something cool. I've advocated for. Right, cool. But, okay. yeah, back to Mixer. Um, they, uh, because of how Mixer and it, rumor is that Twitch is also starting to throw money at people, Right. Um, I think we're going to start seeing this run more and more like network oversight Right. On content than so, a free-for-all. It's an interesting thing here where you don't you don't want to like lessen the partnership model and like mm-hmm. what it means to be a partner. Like you don't want to start paying everyone, right? Like that's a bad business model. Uh but I mean the idea that like I don't think any of this is gonna pay up for the mixer, right? Like obviously they have some kind of activation going on and they're planning for Halo. Oh, definitely. There's no reason why you pull all of these shootings. Especially since we're still waiting to hear about Halo on PC. Right. But there's no reason why you pull over all of these big name FPS players. Unless they're gonna do Unless they're doing push. something with Halo, right? They're not they're they're not dumb. Well, Ninja's former Halo Yeah. Um, Ninja was a former Halo Pro. Uh Shroud is a former CSGO pro. Like they're pulling over top first person shooter players. 
it is not a secret that they're doing something with Halo. It is not a big stretch. Do you think Halo is still big enough of a brand that it can well, put people into Mixer? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm not sure it is. Right. And then the thing that you have to realize, too, is like their viewing numbers aren't going up. And, it's, and like, okay, so what are you doing to pull? Like, so I had a conversation with someone about this, and it's it's an interesting argument to make. Of like, if you're not pulling viewer numbers, what are you spending money on then? And it's like, well, you're spending money on clout, and you're spending money on sort of the uh, impression and like the culture building, right? But if you're pulling over Ninja fans and you're pulling over Shroud fans, aren't you just pulling over Twitch culture and becoming like? Twitch beta? Yeah. Like, aren't you just becoming a lesser version of what is already there? So why would you... Like, what are you creating for yourself at this point, right? And it's not like you're... Like, you should be spending... In my opinion, you should be spending that money trying to boost up the people that you already have. And then when you pull people that are endemically tied to Twitch, so Ninja, Shroud, like, when you start pulling over these people that are tied to Twitch... The majority of people aren't really going to care. You're just now you're just it just looks like you're trying to bully your way into a market. Yeah. And it it doesn't look like you're creating something for yourself. Right. Yeah. So like that's my concern. And it, to me, it doesn't bode well for their the optics of what they're doing. It just makes it seem like a panic move on their part spending money. Yeah. Spend money to do growth rather than actually right. build the community that Correct. builds growth itself. It's. It's interesting that they're doing this. It's I think it was Verge wrote a piece where they said the only one who's really winning right now is YouTube because since Mixer and Twitch are trying to, are fighting over streamers but everyone still uploads their videos to YouTube. Right. YouTube is still reaping all the rewards and doesn't have to do anything. Right. Um but yeah, it's almost like on some level I get why Microsoft wants to have their own service, but at the same time, it's like, if you were going to do stuff like this, wouldn't it make more sense to try to build your own little partnership base That's what I'm saying. on Twitch? So it's... I don't know. And again, I I could be completely wrong, but like we talked about this before. Twitch's audience is, is notoriously and incredibly sticky. You're not going to pull them off of that platform, and we're seeing that now. With like, even if you pull the biggest names off of Twitch, you're still not going to pull over the majority of their people. So, you know, they're struggling, uh, and I think they're in the long run. This is going to be a bad idea for them. Obviously, Ninja and Shroud are fine because they're getting paid. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't agree with this at all. All right, let's move on. Speaking of people playing games, let's talk about games. Uh, so I'm not as in the loop on this as you would be, but I know Riot had some major announcements recently. Oh, we did talk about this, so... We didn't have an episode to talk about this. So, it just seems like so long ago. So, obviously Riot Games, they put the S in games, finally, for their 10th anniversary stream. So, obviously they've been working on League of Legends for the past 10 years. And to me, this is the, the biggest moment in gaming in the gaming industry in the past 10 years like this well maybe five years this is the biggest this 30 minute chunk is the most important 30 minutes in the past 10 or five years of gaming right now run us through it it's so huge so riot games obviously been working on league of legends for the past 10 years for the last decade 
they have put 10 years into this IP that people care about. That's still the most played game in the world. It's the most popular esport in the world. It's the most viewed game in the world. It's consistently number one on Twitch. It might lose a day or two to a new game that's out, but it constantly pulls back to number one on Twitch. It's not moved from that spot for the past 10 years. It has been a mainstay of the gaming industry and how huge it is. Even right. when everyone thought PUBG would knock it down, all right. that happened is it PUBG got out. knocked down and yeah. League of Legends stayed constant. And even with Fortnite, yeah. it, Fortnite knocked it off for like a month or so, and then League is back on top. Like, it doesn't budge at all, right? It's insane what it does. Now, they announced they're bringing uh, TFT, which is their auto chess clone, or their auto, chess, their auto battler mode. They're bringing that to mobile. They're also doing Wild Rift, which is a mobile League of Legends, a redone League of Legends version. So it's made to work on mobile, completely built up from the ground up. So it's not a port. The map is redone, so it's smaller, so games go faster. A lot of the abilities are done faster. A lot of the way that gold scales and items scale go faster, so it works better on mobile. right? So they have that market, which is huge in China, absolutely gigantic. Uh, They announced a... Uh, they announced Legends of Runeterra, which is a card game. Beta access was for that opening weekend. It's fantastic. It's going to destroy Hearthstone. It already destroyed Hearthstone. That first weekend it was out, Hearthstone's numbers were incredibly low on top of the the Hong Kong stuff that was going with Blizzard. Yeah. It, it destroyed Hearthstone. And then now Hearthstone's numbers haven't recovered back fully because everyone's waiting for Legends of Runeterra to come back on the 15th. Right? So... Uh, a lot of Blizzard's stock prices drop down because Hearthstone's their big moneymaker. Yes. Uh, so a lot of the stock prices drop down and they never came back up. So again, that's a direct shot at Blizzard saying, hey, we're going to, this is ours now. This is ours now, right? This, that, and again, this is kind of unheard of for the gaming industry because it's this thing of, hey, when you have a really popular IP, you capitalize right away, right? Yeah. You're like, hey, I need, we, this is popular go, go everything go, go. we can right every time everything we can later. right right took the time they took 10 years to build this ip and grow this lore and grow the world and now they can leverage this ip correctly across all of these projects right yeah so then they announced a shooter uh project a project arias uh, which a lot uh, i've talked to a lot of csgo pros that have played it i've talked to a lot of overwatch pros that have played it Every single one of them that I've talked to said they're going to switch over to this when it comes over. It's a tactical RPG with Overwatch-type mechanics. So it's like if you took CSGO, if you took the precise gunplay and the tactical nature of CSGO and then mixed it with the hero powers of Overwatch. So you're basically taking what makes Overwatch cool... And what makes CSGO... Competitive competitive. and, and popular... And then again, there with Overwatch, a lot of it comes down to the powers, and a lot of it comes down to like what the abilities do. And so the focus of CS:GO or of Project A is that you still kill people with guns. Nothing changes about gunplay. Gunplay is still the core focus of the game. All your abilities do are for utility. So it's all smoke. It's all pulling up walls. It's all boosting up. It's all to give yourself opportunities or create new opportunities with give the gunplay. Give yourself gun leverage, play. but not necessarily uh, overkill. Right. You're not killing anyone with abilities. You are using your abilities to further your gunplay. So it's all still based in the gunplay of CSGO. 
Yeah. So then then they've also talked about how they're working to fight Peeker's advantage, which is a huge problem in shooters. So Peeker's advantage basically means latency issues. So basically, if it if, say you're hiding behind this iPad, yeah. right? And I'm and and I'm standing here, and I have the angle on you, right? So as soon as you peek, I have the angle correctly, and I got to the spot first. So you can't move because I have you pinned. But because of latency, as if you can peek and then go back very quickly, I can't see you. I can't see you move because technically you're not there anymore. But you can still see me because of the peeker's advantage because you because the latency back to the server let you see me before I could see and you. And you weren't moving. And you weren't moving. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like peeker's advantage is a huge problem, and so they've already said that they've built from the ground up netcode to fight peeker's advantage. Which is the first time any shooter has gone to that extent to do that. And again, that's back to Riot's money and infrastructure that they've built over 10 years to put are, into... They are immediately trying to make this a competitive game right. that can land on the esports scene. Right. And then they've also talked about uh, advanced cheat detection engines, too. So that's, again, built from the ground up into this game. Again, which these are features that are second that are normally secondary ta- goals. No one has these goals. These are like tacked on at the end of it, like, oh, we should figure this out. But they're putting they're it in, in as a core one. element, right? Then they announced, they officially showed off the fighting game. Okay. Um, huge deal again. And again, I have a lot of, obviously, as a fighting game, as a longtime fighting game person, and like that people, I know people that are working on this project. And I'll just run through really quickly why this is a big deal. The main people behind the game are the Cannon Brothers. The Cannon Brothers made Rising Thunder, which was a game on PC that was uh, geared towards getting casual people more into fighting games. So a lot of the more complicated combos were put on hotkeys, like skill shots and abilities in a MOBA yeah. uh, that were on cooldown. So very different approach. Okay, um, interesting. And so you can see how that works with a League of Legends style fighting game. I don't know. If they're not. I don't know if they're going with that focus, but obviously they have a good idea of what or how to get more casual people into it, which is a big deal for to use an IP that's so popular to get into sort of a more niche genre of, of game. Then the Cannon Brothers also created GGPO. GGPO is delay-based is delay-based netcode that is probably the best solution to fighting games or just kind of game lag in general. So most games are built all on delay-based netcode, meaning that uh if, if there's so like you send three frames to the server server send gets them and then sends the three frames to me and then it just syncs them up so we're both on a three frame lag delay so that we're synced up still yeah right and then if anything happens to throw off that delay it freezes our game or pauses it and then it causes that stutter right you've seen that before yeah right so now with delay based net code that's exactly what you see now with rollback net code which is what gtpo is Rollback netcode basically means like it'll st- it'll still send your three frames and it'll still keep your thing going and it won't freeze at all. It'll just assume or have predictive engines going of what I'm doing. So if I'm walking forward and it's it gonna- lags, it's going to keep me walking forward. And then as soon as it receives my frame, if anything changed, it'll roll back the game very quickly to the state that it was when like where it would have been. Okay. So and again, we're talking about maybe four or five frames of lag that you experience on average. So instead of freezing, it'll just play out 
And then if I'm still walking forward, nothing changes. The game state doesn't change. There's no change. To no make. reason to reset. Otherwise, it'll roll back the four frames to where I was. But four frames, again, the game's running at 60 frames a second. Four frames of lag will not... Obviously, it, it's a little... It's worse than if you're playing next to each other. Yeah. But it, it's not going to you're affect not your ever, experience. The only way you're going to get something better than... like Four frames is not bad, considering that the only way you're going to get something better is to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. And again, so basically what it is, is it won't stutter. It will never show you the lag. It will just predictive engine trying to predict what's happening. And then if not, it'll roll back very quickly without anyone noticing because it's only four frames. Right. So they've created and pioneered that technology, the Canon Brothers, and they just put it out to the public and made it public. But they're working with Riot Funds now. They did this on their own. And they're working they with Riot money. Funds to do something else. So that game's going to have beautiful netcode. Again, as well, the Cannon Brothers co-founded Evo. Oh, did not know that bit. Yeah. So, again, they know what people want. They have a very close connection to everything competitive and what people want in a fighting game. They know what's going on. A lot of the people that, I've, that I know that are working on the project are super passionate about it, that want to be a part of it. That game is going to be incredible. They also showed off a League of Legends manager. So it's based on the pro scene. Basically, like, you know how the pro football managers are very popular? Yeah. Where you manage players. You're the GM of a football team, and you get to trade players and do all this stuff. They're making League of Legends manager. Fantasy League. Pretty much. And then they're also doing, uh, they showed off a action RPG. And then we also know they're working on an MMO. They're doing a lot. Right. All the, And the series. All, right. And they announced... A, an animated series, which looks absolutely fantastic. Did you watch the trailer for this? I've not watched it yet. It's look it's absolutely incredible. Uh it takes place it's the early it's the it's the origin story for Vi and Jinx, if you're a League of Legends fan. If you haven't if you're a League of Legends fan and you haven't watched this already, what's wrong with you? But it's it's the it's it's Vi and Jinx and their first kind of run through uh, of Peltover and kind of where they end up where they are now in the game. So yeah, that's where they're going now. But all this combined, they announced all this in a half hour. They literally took. Wait, that was a half hour. Yes. Damn. They did this all in a half hour, and it was interesting to look at the space and sort of the gaming industry kind of not freak out, but shift overnight. In that half hour, there's now riots. A major play. They went from a company that makes a single game that dominates their market to a company that now is a major player across multiple genres they're a threat that put like direct competitors in their crosshairs yeah with an ip that it's proven that is tested with a fan base that is gigantic they're in a really good place to do that yeah and they make a fucking tv show (laughs) (laughs) like what (laughs) And we'll also do this. And I know we're talking about BlizzCon next, and so like compare that to BlizzCon. Go BlizzCon. BlizzCon. They announced Diablo. They first they apologized without apologizing, which whatever. They basically said we're sorry for we're not sorry for what we did, but we're sorry for the way we did it. What? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Who cares about democracy in Hong Kong? Whatever. I I did talk to a lot of my Hong Kong friends. I'm not going to get into it, but I talked to a lot of my Hong Kong friends, a lot of my Chinese friends, a lot of Jenny's family, and I got a good perspective on the. Uh, mindsets of either one and i don't think i don't think either one is wrong in the way that they're thinking i i think it's just culturally very different from the way that we 
as Americans think about the way things should run and the way that we think the world should be fair. But again, I basically okay, basically to get into a little bit of it, it all it, it's super interesting. But basically, all it was was like the way that my Chinese friends and that people that I've talked to that are sensitive to it have talked told me about it is basically like if California seceded from the U.S., would the rest of the U.S. let us do that? No. Right. No. So essentially, that is how the Chinese government feels about Hong Kong of like, this is ours. We're going to come back and take it back now. And again, I can't necessarily say that is wrong. Because I understand, again, <laughs> as an American, I feel like it's wrong. But I can see how... Here, from, while you tap things. I know. But like, I can see, I can see, but you know what I'm saying? Like, from a... From a a Chinese perspective, I can understand how they are emotionally feeling towards the situation. Like, I don't... I understand both sides of the argument. Again, I'm not picking a side here, and I don't think either one is... I don't... Th- I, obviously, I have emotions towards which one is wrong or which one is right, but I... Un- You're I, trying to objectively understand I can understand points. both viewpoints, and I can understand why there's tension there and why Chinese people would feel uh, entitled to 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 that that prefecture or whatever right i i understand right but again blizzard's handling of the situation horrible horrible Absolutely regardless horrible. of how you felt about hong kong right horrible, horrible handling of the situation uh i'm not gonna go into it whatever not a big deal what a time to for a chinese woman to be the first person first woman to ever win a hearthstone world championship by the way, which she did, a a Chinese the Chi- a Chinese woman won the Chi- the Hearthstone World Championship. What a time for that to happen! Okay. Oh boy, talk about thin ice. Just saying. So uh, that being said, so they announced Diablo Four. Fantastic. One of the hey, best. Do you need a phone for that? No. Amazing. Wow. Right. But they announced Diablo Four. It's a beautiful cinematic. The game looks fantastic. They said it's a while out, like not even Blizzard soon, soon. So it's a long way out, at least a couple years. I wonder how much of this was we messed up. Last I heard. Year. I heard a lot of it was like they were just ready, but it, I think some of it was like, okay, we messed up last year. Let's bring it out this year. Um, so that was a big deal, uh, and probably their only huge announcement. There was a lot of small. Here's the Storm stuff, small StarCraft stuff. Then they announced uh, World, World of Warcraft expansion. Yeah, there's a World of Warcraft expansion. Which, again, expansion. beautiful cinematic, but, again, more of the same in terms of expansions. Yeah. They announced the Hearthstone expansion. Again, beautiful cinematic, great song that they put out, really funny, really cool. Uh, again, more Hearthstone, great. Runes of Runeterra, Legend of Runeterra just ate it shit. Like, I don't know how they're going to pull back from this. Right? Yeah. Oh, again, Legends of Runeterra, you can't buy cards. You you literally can't buy cards. What? You unlock cards. Hey, what you unlock cards through gameplay. And what? the only the only thing you buy is currency to craft cards and you can't buy too much of it. They cap you. So you you you, you can only you can buy you buy the currency like you can only Dear gaming industry, this is how you microtransaction and not piss everybody off. Yes. Yeah, you can only buy a certain amount per week of this currency and then you get to choose what cards you want to make 
because that's how you do things correctly. Again, one more time, gaming industry. This is how you do microtransactions and not piss everybody off. Right. Otherwise, everything is earned 100% through gameplay. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Man, you it's don't all, rip- how novel that you unlock stuff by playing the game. Yeah. The only way you rip random packs is by earning them and at the end of every week for uh, as many games as you play, you like level up a chest and at the end of the you open chests and you get as many packs as you played that week. Again. Yeah. Novel idea. Again, another reason why Legend of Runeterra is going to eat Hearthstone shit. Okay, so then uh, they announced Hearthstone expansion. Great. Fantastic. Then they uh, announced Overwatch 2, which is a fucking terrible idea and terrible marketing spin. I know. James is about to tell you about your hand. I know. <laughs> I got excited. Okay, because this was my thing. Because they announced Overwatch 2 and my first thought was I'm like, uh, it's a bad idea. Is this a good idea? A- no, no, no. It's a bad. It's a terrible idea because it's not actually Hearthstone. It's not actually Overwatch Two. It's just Overwatch, Overwatch DLC. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like it's almost like Overwatch totally got its shit eaten by the fact that PUBG and Battle Royale came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it didn't come out of nowhere. It just became huge yeah. right after Overwatch came out, and Overwatch never adjusted. Yeah. And I saw this, and I'm just like, okay, so they're going to f- do story mode, which, great, I guess. But at the same time, it's just, I feel like it's more of the same, but they've added a little mini campaign. It's just... Yeah, so basically what it is, uh, Overwatch 1 and 2 have synchronous multiplayer, so they work together. Uh, they have exactly the same multiplayer. You every, nothing changes about base base Overwatch and base Overwatch Two multiplayer. Nothing changes. So in other words, if you have Overwatch One, it will play with Overwatch Two. Yes. Why are they calling it Overwatch Two? Oh, it gets worse. Keep going. So all updates that come to Overwatch Two for multiplayer will also come to Overwatch One. Nothing changes. Overwatch One, multi, one Overwatch One will still get updates. The same as Overwatch 2. Same heroes, same maps, same game modes, same everything. Everything will come to Overwatch 1. Why not just call it, like, Overwatch... Oh, wait, it gets worse. Colon thing. It gets worse. So, Overwatch 2 is a completely different skew. So, when you buy it, it's a different thing in the, in, the, in the dashboard. It's a different client. So, you boot it up differently, right? Then, then, if you buy, if you buy Overwatch 2, everything carries over. Your level, your... Uh, skins, your unlocks, everything carries over. So it's like you've just upgraded Overwatch to Overwatch 2. Nothing changes. All it does is it adds a single-player button to your client, and it's a new client, and you get improved graphics because it's under a new graphics engine. What the fuck? Yeah. That you makes no sense. You lose zero, you lose zero progress. They, it's literally it's just Overwatch, but they they created a solo play mode that they could have either done as... I have no problem if they did a solo play mode as like a... a DLC. A DLC that you buy, yeah. but you don't need to play the game. Yep. Which and is how they, what? from the sounds of it, what they should have done. Also, this also sets a really bad precedent, because now they can do Overwatch 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, and keep doing this. New, C, new single player content? Overwatch 3. $60 SKU. Different, different client. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to buy that one. No. Because I remember seeing I this. might buy it because the graphics look fucking cool. But otherwise, there's no reason why you should buy this. There's, It's actually no reason why. Blizzard, this is how you piss off people. Okay, so again, compare, oh, compare the Riot 30 minutes to this... Or, I'm sorry, Riot thing was like an hour. 
but a lot the a lot of it was covering like the history of League of Legends and a lot of the the first part of it was like, you know. So it's actually about 40 minutes of game announcements. The Blizzard stuff was an hour and a half. Okay, compare the two and tell me which one was more impactful and better. Oh, it was obviously Blizzard because you know it's Blizzard. So yeah, it's a nightmare. Like, is it because Overwatch has been arguably dying for a yes. while, and so they're hoping by saying two people will come back? Yes. Yeah, hopefully people don't look too deep. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Good job, it's Blizzard. Bad. It's a bad idea. But one more game, but it's a Star Wars game. So yeah. James, let's go to Star Wars. So. People have been able. They were. They did a sneak peek of they did. Jedi Fallen so Order, I played, and I just don't know why. I feel like I should hear your thoughts. I played a couple hours. Um, oh, that. That's why. I played a couple hours. It's <laughs> so. I think we were talking about if it's yeah. a mix of a soul, a Souls game and of Metroid, which is great. Um, it is a lot more. I didn't expect it to be a Souls game. And I went into it thinking it wasn't. And I got my ass kicked in the first couple of things. And then I watched the person next to me play. And I went, oh, it's a Souls game. And then I took it. I played like a Souls game. And I had a lot more fun. Well, um, your exact thing was you told me in text messages that you loved it. After I you, did. Yeah. And I, it was it was weird because... So obviously in games... like. Okay, the lightsaber is the most overpowered weapon in the history of histories, right? Like, yeah. you, you can't get more overpowered than lightsaber. And so it's hard to put that in a game because you can't correctly show that power off without ruining the game. Yeah, because otherwise uh, everything gets cut down like a battle droid. Right, but then it makes the lightsaber feel like a baseball bat because you're just swinging yeah. through people, right? It exactly. It makes it feel like a baseball bat. Uh, this, because it's a Souls game, feels like a lightsaber. Because one or two slices and you kill someone. Yeah. Um, so if you don't if you ever play a Souls game, I'm talking about the From Software games. So it's Demon Souls, Dark Souls, uh, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro, like all of that stuff, right? The main hook of those games is that they are slow combat based, and you really have to choose what you're doing. So. Uh, Every character, every enemy you face has cycles, so they all have very deliberate, slow or faster, you know, very deliberate and uh, monotonous actions. So, like when he slices, he slices the same way, or when he hits you, he hits the same way, and it takes him the same amount of time to like. He, there's no surprises, right? So as soon as you learn an enemy, you can. That's, beat that that's how the enemy works, right? The challenging part, so one, so the challenging part is knowing these enemy cycles and knowing how they fight and knowing what they're going to do and being able to like distinguish. Okay, he's about to attack me. I can move this. I can move to the left and then slice here, or like he's about to do this and he's about to do this. And so when you encounter, like with stormtroopers, when you're encountering four or five of them at the same time, it becomes very difficult because. There's, four or, There's a four or five of them that you have to keep track of every single one of them of what they're doing. So you really have to kind of prioritize, okay, let me back up and try to single them all out at the same – like let me try to one-on-one take them on, right, so that I don't get overwhelmed here and I don't I can focus on each one of their things. Obviously, there's 
the same goes for like blaster bolts. So when the blaster bolt comes at you, you can deflect back at them, but it takes a certain amount of timing and like you have to know it's not hard and it's not too fast. It's just a matter of you have to know like, okay, he's going to shoot now and I have to like deflect back at him. And it's an, it's one shot kill, right? Cause obviously if you deflect yeah. the blaster, right. Um, for the bosses, right. So the, the bosses and the bosses in this game are the seven sisters. So I think we fought in seven sisters. Well, it's Inquisitors. Okay, so yeah. Just shorthand, it's Inquisitors. Right. So uh, I think they showed off the fifth sister. uh, And, like, again, it's like Bloodborne. They have animations. They have certain things that they do. And, like, yeah, you have to parry. You have to block. You have to play it smart. You're not just running in there slashing your fucking lightsaber around, right? You have to think. Uh, And it it made it a lot of fun to play. And so I did. I didn't like it in the idea that like I felt more Dark Soulsy than it did Bloodborne. I prefer Bloodborne. Uh, it's a very small distinction, but it is the idea of being on your heels and being versus being on your toes. Which um, the way I describe it is like so. Blood Bloodborne gives you a lot of benefits for going in. Right, the way you heal is by performing attacks. Or by doing certain things that are attacking nature. Okay. So you play Bloodborne on your toes, meaning you're looking for a way to get in so that you can go in, get damage, and then get back out, right? You're looking to be aggressive. You're, like, ready to go at any point in time, right? Dark Souls is the opposite, where it's very parry-based and defense-based and very much, like, all right, I'm going to wait for them to miss, and then I'm going to counter. It's very counter-based. So you're constantly playing that game on your heels, ready to back up at any point in time. And so it's very defensive, in a way, because you're waiting for the counter. You're waiting for the opening to... Well, I wonder how much of that is deliberate because of the idea that the a Jedi only uses his weapon for right. defense, never attack. No, right. And I, I, don't, I don't fault it. It's still a fun game. I don't default it as a design choice. I would just, again, prefer it because it feels better to be a little more... Looking, it feels better to, to hit things. Well, it feels better to be looking for your opening rather than being stuck waiting for them to do something, right? It's better for you. It's more, it's more fun for you to initiate something rather than to wait for and something. React. And react, right. Because you feel like, okay, come on, come on, come on, do the thing, do the thing. When Otherwise, I can just force you to do a thing, right? There's no, I'm in control of the situation rather than it being like me being controlled by a situation, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, it seems like everyone's talking. It basically, for all of the hesitance that had been going on until this preview, mm-hmm. it seems like everyone who's played it and started writing or reviewing it has had nothing but good things to right. say. And again, I don't. Uh, a lot of the lore stuff that so uh, they showed off a couple planets. One of the planets is uh, sort of the D. It's Darth Maul's home planet, Dathomir. Right. So that you go there. So there's a lot of rumor and talk that Darth Maul's going to be in the game because why would you go there otherwise, right? Uh, there's a lot of... They're bringing in a lot of the Rebels and a lot of the TV, obviously with the Inquisitors. They're well, you got the Inquisitors, you have Sagarera, right. which as much as Sagarera was in Rogue One, Sagarera actually originally comes from Clone Wars. Right. So you're bringing a lot of the TV stuff into this game, more so the films, which I think is a good call. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the problem Battlefront 2 had with its story was they tried to shoehorn a lot of the film stuff in there, and it just felt wrong. 
where I think if you do something like the shows and the comics, it feels a little more natural for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, well, it's just it more, it's that those parts of Star Wars built and expanded the universe. Right. And anytime you try to shoehorn it into the films, it feels like the universe shrinks again. Sure. I can see that. Okay. And that's why I think it's important to do stuff like that. It's like, because if you build upon the thing that had built upon the other thing, like right. you go from smaller to bigger to bigger, it helps expand the universe rather than contract it back down again. Sure. But yeah, so uh, obviously they're going into that direction, which I'm a fan of. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, there's there's nitpicky things about the game that I don't like. Like, there's the movement's still a little herky-jerky. The... Uh, the movement and like exploration options are like pretty in your face of like oh this glowing green this wall is this wall has vines that glow when i look at them i should climb it like that kind of stuff like okay it's like really shoehorned so in, in other there. words it's making the game for someone like me who would spend 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get out of a room if the vines didn't glow right like you know <laughs> stuff like that right what i mean like it's nitpicky things like that where it's like okay this could have been more creatively implemented nuanced right but I mean, you know, I think at its core, its core gameplay loop is fun, which is more than I could say I was expecting coming into the game. Like I came in with really low expectations. And again, it could be that I came in with low expectations and I was surprised. Um, we'll have to see more. I'm not going to jump in right away because Pokemon comes out that same day. So I'm going to jump into that instead. Oh, well, I'll be jumping in right away. Right. And I know you're going to jump in right away. So like that's going to be. I will be jumping in right away. We may or may not be streaming it that Sunday. <laughs> So yeah, hint hint to the redacted. So yeah, uh, it's I'm excited. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the game and totally playing it in two weeks on yeah. stream and getting my ass kicked. Because uh, <laughs> yes, that's what we're doing in two weeks. Yeah, you yeah, do it, man. You'll be fine. Oh yeah, I, uh, I will get my ass kicked in front of our zero viewers. It'll be <laughs> wonderful. Um, so let's move on from Jedi Fallen Order to uh, the Rise of Skywalker trailer. No, I've only watched it once. Opening night and haven't watched it again. Wow, look at you. I've okay, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I intentionally avoided watching the trailer for Last Jedi. Yeah. And it kind of was just like a, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, James, I think you can attribute to this the whole thing where we would go to movies and I would basically text the person I was with in the auditorium and be like, hey, has a Star Wars trailer played yet? Yeah. Um, before I would go in. It just was avoiding it entirely was too much of a pain in the ass. Right. So with the day it came out, I watched like, do, it. Do you, do you feel like you were affected? Like, would it when you went back and watched the trailers? Would you be like, I this didn't? I, I think it was one of those scenes where I was ki- glad I wasn't aware of the moment because they kind of teased that moment between Ben and Leia where yeah he attacks the br- or the bridge gets attacked right. in Last Jedi. So I'm glad that that hadn't been right. spoiled for me because my first experience of it was in the theater. But at the same time, it just was like. I don't feel like it had been worth the hassle to avoid. It's just right. more of a, I watched it and went, you know what? I kind of like the fact that I had gone in to Last blind. Jedi blind. I know it's foolish to try to avoid it. So I decided to not avoid it. But at the same time, I decided to not watch it on repeat sure. and analyze it. Sure. So a lot of it is, hey, the trailer came out. And instead of going into crazy analysis of the trailer, it's more me going... I had trouble buying my tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were we were texting about... I know you didn't seem to have any trouble with your tickets, no, did you? No, and the funny thing is, I texted 
so my dad was I wasn't with my dad at the time. My dad was off doing something else. Uh, I think he was at the he was at the mall. Yeah, because I guess chain of events is I was at work, happened to load up the AMC app, realized you could get into the queue. Yeah, like. 20 minutes before they went on sale and immediately sent you a text message yeah. going, hey, there's a queue. Yeah. So then I jumped in the queue. Uh, I texted my dad, told him I was in a queue, and then I didn't hear anything back from him. And then uh, I got tickets for a, a 10 o'clock show. And then I was like, woo, tickets. And then I posted, I sent them to my dad. I was like, woo, we got tickets. And then my dad texted back and was like, I got tickets too. And got six o'clock tickets. And you're like, oh, and I was sweet. like, I was like, sweet. I was like, and I was like, what do we do with the extra tickets? He goes, we could go twice. I was like, oh, we could go twice because it's six oh. o'clock and then ten o'clock, right? So I was like, oh shit, we could go twice. So you guys have seen it twice. I think we're gonna go twice. I'm not surprised. I don't blame you. I'm slightly jealous. Right. Um, no, my dilemma was I got in queue. Right. Got in, I think within three minutes because uh, they tickets went on sale at five o'clock Pacific, so eight o'clock okay. Eastern. I probably was through the queue by five o three, five o four, right? And I had been trying to get like because I like my high quality theater, so I was like, I want Dolby because that means I got Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos. I'm like, we're going in and we're getting the best possible viewing ever. I get in, I literally, I have seats that I consider my favorite, right? Literally, like, two to the right of my favorite seats. Was able to get the seats for me, my sister, and James. Mm -hmm. Go to check out. Wouldn't let me check out. Go back. Change the seats. Maybe there's a server thing. Wouldn't let me check out. I tried seats throughout the auditorium. Wouldn't let me check out. Right. I go back to be like, maybe I just need to refresh the page. And it kicked me out. And I had to get back into queue. And then every single time after that, five times... It failed on me. Like, I would get, you can now purchase your tickets, and then it wouldn't load anything. Like, I wouldn't even get the seat selection screen. Jesus. I was not happy. I ended up buying my tickets through Adam because I was having so much trouble with uh, AMC. Right. But I have my tickets. The trailer's out. I know there's a bunch of talk about horses. I have no clue what it's about. I don't I, care. I don't care. People, people are saying, like, why are there horses in space? I'm like, I don't care. It's, I don't care. it's, it's a cool shot. It's I cool, like it. Whatever. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was um, 538, which is a website that does, like, deep dives into some aspects of a Star sure. Wars lore, had tweeted out something about the horses, and I replied, I'm sure I'll understand what you're talking about in December. Yeah. <laughs> which they liked. Because <laughs> this is like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. I think it's cool. I'm, I'm super um, excited about it. So, like, you know. I'm just excited to see the movie yeah uh, I'm very pumped uh, the trailer got me super hyped and like uh, that was the thing the trailer got me super hyped and you know what I'm like you know what I'm gonna hold on to the hype and not go back and an analyze it right that is basically was my thing I'm like I'm gonna get the hype fix but this also means if I go see a movie between now and then that happens to have the Star Wars trailer I've already seen it and I'm not gonna be upset if it plays right but at the same time I'm not going through and doing what I've done in the past which is like analyze the trailer to death and it's right. just because the thing is, you're freeing yourself. I'm freeing myself of that so I can just go in and enjoy it. But I also got my tickets for because I finally, after decades of work, I've got my parents to finally go see Star Wars in theaters. There you go. And we're so we're going to see it at the El Capitan. That's awesome. Yeah. So I finally get again. I take seeing, my parents on a, a treat. Seeing a seeing a film at the El Capitan is always a treat. Yeah, and it's just like the El Capitan is a treat. It's arguably, I would say, it's one of the top five screens in Los Angeles. It's it's worth it. So I've got my Star Wars fix all set up. There you go. But let's let's keep going because we still have more. Uh, 
the trilogy is dead. Long live the trilogy. D and D of Game of Thrones fame, fame are no longer making Star Wars. Right. I could care less. That was my reaction too. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, obviously they're gonna. I wouldn't be surprised if they come back and do something later. Um, but the thing that makes me sad is that they're they confirmed they were working on a Old Republic. Yeah, everything was saying is Old Republic Origin of Jedi. Right. So. Uh, or Origin of the Jedi Order as it was. Right prior to, but it it they would eventually touch on Old Republic stuff. Uh, it was the Jedi stuff. Of the yeah so yeah but I mean I'm excited in that Lucas film is looking at that era and is like trying to figure out that era um, so I'm excited because obviously yeah. those projects don't just die they just kind of get retooled or they get reworked it does, it's not like they're not going to do that now yeah it's as much as everyone is trying to flip out about it the moment that Netflix deal got signed I think everyone in the industry knew that there something was going to give yeah and it was probably not going to be the deal that was worth six. Like bajillion dollars. Like it was over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It's like, do they love Star Wars enough to sacrifice the major payday from Netflix? No. And and I, knowing that this Netflix one might not be there later, this Star Wars one will. Yeah, and then on top of that, from the sounds of it, net part of the Netflix deal was that Netflix got priority over Disney, mm-hmm. which probably did not go. Which actually it didn't probably. All the sources are saying did not go over well with Lucasfilm and Disney. No, there's there's also a rumor on the Kathleen Kennedy stuff that she wasn't happy about them talking on a panel. But like I don't, I think I don't the, the panel there's a for those of you who don't know they did a panel at Austin Film Festival, right? Where they basically admitted they had no clue what they were doing when they went into Game of Thrones, and a lot of the things that they were saying were pretty egregiously bad. Like I'm not one to overreact to stuff, but like some of the stuff that they were saying was like this is kind of shocking well basically it was like they like well you didn't know what we were doing but we didn't take outside help because we wanted to be in charge and it was just like how the hell did you get game of thrones the first two seasons so good because everything you've just said in there screams you guys are terrible people are terrible people and then there's stuff like child endangerment there's like a child endangerment thing in there there was stuff uh, I, oh, like, I didn't catch that bit yeah there's stuff where it's like oh yeah we uh brought in like a the child and like the horses almost trampled the child and like whoa like and they kind of just like threw it off as like a crazy shit happens on set but like no dude that's no not... that's that's not crazy <laughs> shit that is you get sued and never work again shit yeah so again like it was just stuff like that where that's a little concerning but the uh, thing is is my understanding from everything i've seen is the deal was already dead right i don't i don't put a lot of stock in the idea that like Kathleen Kennedy was offended and was like, "It was like they're gone, they're gone." I, I, I think it was I think it's just bad timing. I think it was bad timing, and I wonder how much of it was they were getting ready to announce that hit, and they were just like, "Screw it," because yeah. it sounds like um, they D and D also didn't want to uh, Benioff and Wise didn't want to be in there anymore, right? And I think and the, it wasn't because they didn't like Star Wars or Kathleen Kennedy or they felt creatively restrained. It was literally because. Um, they made season eight of Game of Thrones, and that and went over well. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> and again, they were just like, "Wait, Star Wars is going to be worse? Do we really want to yeah. dive into this?" I think like going from I think it's like the thing with the Russos, right? Where it's like, dude, they just did Infinity War and they just did Endgame. I don't think they want to do another big project after this. Give them some time to rest first, and then I guarantee you they'll make a Star Wars movie down the line. Yeah, right. Like you know, that's why they're the, doing- the rumor. There's rumors going around that when they signed Feige to do a yeah. Star Wars movie that. Probably might be Russo Russos, Brothers. yeah, and it makes I, sense. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And the idea that like this Magic the Gathering show that they're doing, cool. 
Like, I, I've learned more about that, and apparently they are really just EPs on the creative yeah. end. They're not actually involved no, in the day-to-day. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like a very low-maintenance thing for mm-hmm. them, which is cool. Like, uh, we don't have to put a lot of... Like, we can we can rest on... We can be fucking Thanos rest on our farm, like, while we look upon a, a thankful universe, right? Whatever. Yeah, it's... They kind of need a break, but it's just as... I remember this also broke too, and I stupidly dived into some of this on the internet. But uh, this led, led to, of course, the large arguments that oh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to get canceled next. No, it's no, no, no. That's like that's like in stone. Like that dude's that's it. in stone. A he has had the least problematic Star Wars production to date. Yeah, and that even includes Rise of Skywalker because they had a, they cut uh, Mister Jurassic World. Uh, Colin, Colin Trevorrow, um, who I've heard from reliable sources who would be in the know, is not a good per- or not fun to work with. Um, so it's kind of just one of those scenes where I don't. Lucasfilm has yet to see a reason to not give him a trilogy, other than upset fanboys who think everyone hates it because they hate it. Yeah. And don't like any... This is a thing you'll run into if you ever, stupidly like I did, dive into any discussion about The Last Jedi when it comes to like the business side of things. These are people who will only look at the evidence that leads to their personal theory that everyone hated Last Jedi and it killed Star Wars. Any other evidence that points to the contrary, they just ignore or claim it's because you're a Disney shill. Or that Disney is buying tickets to prop up numbers and it's just like... No, they don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> but Whatever. Yeah, it's also the thing, too, is prior to the announcement that the Benioff and Weiss trilogy was canceled, he had given an interview with Entertainment Tonight, and they asked him directly about his comment, because he had made a comment uh, months ago, where if basically along the lines of if the trilogy gets made, and they asked him, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, that did I say that? that yeah. and he's like oh no 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 it's we're i'm still talking to lucasfilm about it we're figuring out dates and times and everything yeah and then a week later this news breaks about benioff and weiss and immediately it's like oh with this additional context he knew i'm fairly certain that he knew that they were no longer making the thing and that his scene was the next thing right so yeah because here's the thing too even if there was an inkling of doubt at Disney or Lucasfilm about Ryan Johnson, it is hit the point of too little too late. Yeah. If they want to hit the release dates they've announced. Yep. Sorry, guys. Don't care because I'm excited about it. Ryan Johnson is making that trilogy, even if they haven't announced it. And say what you will at Ryan Johnson. He's still a fantastic director. He's still a fantastic director. The word about Knives Out is just that it's amazing. I yeah. already have tickets to an early screening. Oh, do you really? Damn. Oh, yeah. Early screening, like, a week before it comes out, I got my ticket. Um, yeah, I've heard very good things. And it's just, like, he's a good director. He had a good working relationship. Um, and, and he loves Star Wars. He loves Star Wars. So, what's up, Johnny? <laughs> uh, we have a viewer. Okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, so, I, he, he loves Star Wars. He's a good director. He's in. Yeah. Period. And again, whatever you think of Last Jedi, like again, I enjoy Last Jedi. I I think I I you know I don't think it's as bad as people think it think it is. But like again, to each his own. But uh, you got to treat this new trilogy with grain with the uh, fresh eyes. Like yeah, it's it's harder. To, it's easier to do your own thing than it is to step into something that's an eighth 
Yeah. So. But anyway, I think we're last now to our final thing, which is a month ago, just shot. Yeah, of a month it's ago, a month ago now. We finally went to Galaxy's Edge. Right. Do we, should we just go straight to the pictures before we go into anything else? So, well, for, first off, what is so? This is your first like adult experience at Disneyland. Yeah, because I for I know we've talked about it in the past, but prior to that visit a month ago, the last time I'd been to Disneyland, I was sixteen. Right. I went during the Christmas holiday, which is apparently the worst time of year to go to yes. Disneyland, and I did. My memories of that experience aren't great. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it. Sure. Because. 90% of my time was spent in line with way too many people in one space. Right. Uh, so I was excited about Galaxy's Edge because Star Wars, but I had a blast. Right. I had so much fun. And the thing was that we didn't really actually do We didn't much. really have a plan. We right. basically were like, we wanted to do Galaxy's Edge. We know we're going to hit like Hyperspace Mountain because that was one of the things I really wanted to do. When I had gone as a teenager, I wanted to do Space Mountain, but it was closed that time. Right. So I was never able to do Space Mountain. So my first time on Space Mountain was literally a month ago. Sorry. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I had a blast. It was like, I had so much fun. So it was you, me, and your dad, because it was my dad's his birthday. birthday. Yeah. So for his birthday, we went to Disneyland. Yeah, my dad's my dad's birthday present to himself was he wanted to go to galaxy's edge so he's like okay we'll yeah. go to galaxy's edge so and obviously galaxy's edge was the focus um so we didn't make too many plans i mean obviously i made a little bit of a plan because it was more of like we knew what we wanted to hit right but we never went in going this is the order of what we're going to hit them right the we, only thing we had scheduled is we did book savvy's workshop savvy's workshop to build lightsabers which i'm very glad we did um, oh i am too and well, I I think we should go into that at some point, but or later. But right. James, why don't you throw up the pictures real quick, just so we we have those. So it's yeah, like I remember when we first saw the Millennium Falcon, I literally reached over and I grabbed you, and I was just like, "It's real." Yeah, uh, the the thing that strikes me is when you first walk in there because they do a great job. Like, okay, Disney, if you've never been to Disneyland, didn't Disney or if you've been there either, Disney does a great job of distinguishing where you are. So yeah. when you walk into Tomorrowland, you know you're in Tomorrowland. When you walk into Frontierland, you know you're in Frontierland. As soon as Frontierland crosses over to Adventureland, you know you're in Adventureland, right? Like, you know where you are, and you're, like, acutely aware of the area of the park that you are currently sitting in. Um, the way the transition. So when you first walk in, it, it literally is like you get this music that plays as you walk under, I think, like one of the roller coasters. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a twinkly, like portal sounding. And then when you emerge, all you see is Batu, And it's just like you're there. Right. Like by walking through that tunnel and hearing that music, you've literally just gone right. to you, another world. You go through the tunnel and you turn a corner so you can't see it from the tunnel. And you can't you can't see either side from the tunnel. So you yeah. turn the corner and then you see Batu, and then the Di like Disney's sound design is incredible because Disney does this thing they pump they pump sound into its areas. So like Frontierland has like the Louisiana music going. Or whatever. Yeah, like you hear the music and you hear the sounds, and you you're just like it helps you immerse into that area. And outside of that entryway, I don't think there's any music. There is. 
There's not not there's not music. There's, there's but there's um there's sound. Right, there's ambient sound. There's so like, really good ambient sound. I was literally at times looking up because you would hear Tie Fighters flying overhead. Right, you hear ship flying over. You hear the crowd noise. Like there's ambient crowd noise. Like it feels like a bustling city. There's which is kind of jarring because like when we first got there, it was kind of empty. Yeah, and then you can hear the crowd noise of like the bustling city. And it's like mm, I don't know if that works. But like uh, when you run, when you walk past Ronto's roasters, you hear the the cranking of the gears. And yeah, the, like you hear the roaster, you hear all the stuff. When you walk into near the Millennium Falcon, you hear the hangar. Like you hear all the stuff. Um, yeah, it's incredible. It it really is an incredible it, immersive. They did experience. a really good job. Make it feels like. Like, I think you and I said this, it's like, they would need to do a bit of touch-up here or there, but you could almost bring in a camera right. and shoot a Star Wars something there, and it would mostly work. Yeah. Like, it there might be a few things here or there you would have to... off. Yeah. Like, there'd be a few things you would probably have to adjust, but nothing drastic. Right. So, yeah, I, it's awesome. I It's an incredible experience. Now, as a as a... As a section of the park... Right, like taking out the experience factor of it and just walking through, thinking of it as like a section of the park. It does feel lacking. Light, yeah. Like the thing I realized too is it wasn't until we were because I knew there was the data pad thing. I played around with the data pad on right. my phone. You didn't really do it so much. I didn't learn this till afterwards. But there are like quests, right, that you could pick up that right, you're right, supposed right. to do as a group, right. And I, I actually got like an email survey from Disney going, "Hey, what did you? Ex- How did you feel using the app?" And I made the comment to them that the one thing I wish that they had done was I wish there was some sort of prompting from within the cast members inside the park at Batu that kind of pushed you towards like. A quest, almost like there was a quest giver, right. like added MMO. Like, yeah, you can't have like light over it. By the way, let's pause for one second. The picture we have on screen right now is of your dad with Chewie. Yeah, I remember I was walking towards I think the X wing or A wing that we just shown before, and Chewie walks past, and I immediately did a whip around because your dad had wanted a picture with him, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, where's Alvin? <laughs> and then I I see your dad just like like stride over going oh, yeah. like Chewie. He's like, like he ran he ran over there, man. Like it was so good. It was so good to see. Um, but um, yeah, I I was almost like if there had been more of a prompting because I was like I knew. James, go back, because we need to talk about that picture as its own thing. Um, I knew going in that there was a this data pad thing. Mm-hmm. But how many people go in there who have no idea? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, it's an interesting thing. And, like, uh, again, if, if you're banking on people using an app to enjoy part of your park, you're having an issue. Yeah. Because, uh-huh. like, you need to have some... You need to have a better way of getting people onto that. Right. Than just because I knew about it. That's why I used it. Right. There was no prompting from any cast member to use right. it. But, I mean, again, all it all does feel like a shopping experience. It does. And, uh, and it's an immersive experience. Like, I enjoy walking around there. It's just I don't know how long I could... Like, I... Obviously, it was our first time there, so like I wanted to spend a lot of time in there. Yeah, um, like I, I do want to go like, back and have there be a focus. Like, okay, 
Let's just actually do the data pad stuff. Right. But like even even then, just if we just did the data pad stuff, like I don't think it would fill the entire day. No, and like I don't know if I would want to spend the whole day. Like, because obviously I wanted to breathe it, I wanted to experience Galaxy's Edge, so I wanted to spend yeah. a lot of time there. If we go back, I want to do Rise of Sky, I want to do Rise of Resistance, but I don't know what else I'd want to do there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if I'd want to, because just as an experience, Smuggler's Run is great. Smuggler's Run is fun. We weren't able to do the cantina. Right. We weren't able to do the cantina. It, we went on a Tuesday, and it was reservations were booked 14 days out within nine hours of them going to becoming available right so we couldn't get reservations we got reservations sabi's sabi's was a fantastic sabi's was amazing right uh the not complaints but the uh comments that we had on that were it's very scripted yes so it's all it's obviously there's a gatherer that's there uh walking you through the experience but it is timed and you can tell it's you can tell it's time based off their delivery right and so the lights are it's cued to lights and music and different things that she's saying and you would sit there and hope that they could cue it themselves but it's obviously on a timer yeah because the way she would deliver some things and pause and wait it didn't quite feel natural or organic right and but i mean it still was goddamn fun right and wonderful it's fun and it brings you in and like it got me really emotional just doing oh, it, it got me too and it's and it's a great experience but i'm not gonna do it again i might really yeah i thought it was really f- i really enjoyed the experience right but a lot of it too is yeah i would like to go through it again and be like oh that's cool but oh also it's I want to see someone else go through it. Like I, wanna, I would like to see someone else go through it, and I wouldn't mind building another lightsaber. Right. Like again, it's it's just the thing of like, I'm, it's not some, it's not like a experience I'm going to go back to over and over again. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to oh, yeah. do this. Well, like, a, it's two hundred dollars each time you do it, so right. it's not like you're going to do it every single time. No, but also like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and like, well, uh, going to Disneyland, got to make my Savi's reservation, right? So like, this is Logan's lightsaber. This is the uh, peace and justice design. Fantastic. Very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I made a uh, nature and... I forget what it's called. Na- nature and something. I don't remember what it's called specifically. But it's a, but... Na- it's a nature one. And then uh, my dad did power and control. Which is, ba- this is the Sith one. Right. Uh, so again, we had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Obviously, all, both, all of us had a great time doing it. Uh, I love that like yours is like nicking a little bit, but it looks really cool. Yeah. Like, the way that it nicks is actually, like... It looks like it's decent it, wear and tear, not right. actually, like... I a, actually like it better nicked up a little bit. Yeah. It's, as weird as that sounds, I liked it better... I like it better a little nicked up than... Well, it's um, like whenever I looked at um, Ultra Sabers... Yeah. They look too clean, right? They look too clean, and I would always look at the ones that would be artificially aged. Yeah. and it, But it's still... It's one of those scenes where it's, like... Just natural I built a lightsaber. Tear, right. And this is my lightsaber. Right. And there are many lightsabers like it, <laughs> but, but this one is, is mine. mine. Yeah, um, I totally get you. And like it again, it's a great experience. It's a ton of fun. But like, I'm not. It's not something where I go to Disneyland and I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm here. I'm gonna make a lightsaber. Because yeah, and it's the thing where it's like, I was. And like, and by the way, if you if you do sabis, try to do it later in the day because carrying around is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, that was a big thing because this is one thing we ran into. Um, we went to, because apparently they had designed a lot of the rides at 
Galaxy's Edge to take into the account, people will be carrying around these sidesabers from Savi's. Yeah. We go to Indiana Jones to ride it, and yeah. we get turned away. Not, I don't want to say turned away. We get told that we can't bring the lightsabers on the ride. Because so they won't fit. They won't fit. So we need to put them aside. By the way, they would have fit. We just fucking hold them while we're yeah. on the ride. We, there's no one with us. I mean, we, they fit on on Space Mountain. It Space Mountain's way more cramped yeah. than but Indiana Jones. They were like, oh, you need to go store it at this one place. But obviously... Something had happened, I want to say, within a week of us going that caused them to completely change their protocol, but not tell all the cast members that the right. protocol had so changed. So there's a lot of confusion about what was going on. So basically, if you go to Galaxy's Edge, you build a lightsaber and you go to other rides, keep your receipt on you because all of the Disney stores that they will tell you to will hold it will only hold it if you have the original receipt. Now, you can leave them at uh, one of the merchant spots so there's places on at disney that you can leave your merchandise that they will hold it for you and then send it to the front gate where you can pick it up later um which is a service that they provide but that is a whole different basket and like i it got to the point where we got turned away from one store went back and told the people at indiana jones hey they say they can't take it which honestly was funny because it ended up he apologize went that makes no sense to me here's a fast pass yeah so it actually sped up our time in so Indiana Jones and after you factor in the fact that we went to two different places got told by two different places we couldn't go in we ended up running back into because your dad was just sitting down to take a break yeah we ran into him and went here hold our lightsabers and then we went and rode the ride it ended up being faster right than and if, if we, we just, had just waited in line. so it was it ended up being okay be, actually better because of that but uh yeah it ended up being quite a thing but going back to galaxy's edge like there's so many great rides at disneyland we didn't even get to do half of the great rides at disneyland that i would that i would want have there was definitely a star wars focus to what rides we did i think the only non-star wars ride we really did outside of indiana jones the only non-star wars ride we did was uh buzz lightyear Right. Which we did twice. Right. But, like, okay, if you go to Disneyland, Buzz Lightyear is such a fast ride, and it's such, like, a fun... I don't consider that a ride. And, like, the thing is that most of the time, Buzz Lightyear's line is so short. And, like, again, that ride runs on a fucking conveyor belt. All they're doing is sending people into the thing going, jump in a ship, jump in a ship, yeah. jump in a ship. And it's not... It doesn't take long to wait for Dude, Disneyland. It doesn't take long right? to wait, and the ride is only not even five minutes, maybe. Yeah. But it's fun as hell. It's like, who fun. Cares? It was really fun. Um, so, I mean, it, it's interesting to see sort of where Galaxy's Edge goes from here because, again, like, as great as Galaxy's Edge is, if I'm going to Disneyland, I'm going to spend maybe a half hour to an hour in Galaxy's Edge, and then I'd rather spend that time at Tomorrowland where there's rides and there's stuff that I want to do and better food and, like, yeah, because there's a part of me that I've been thinking about this because um, I still need to get my pass. By the way, they're going fast. Uh, I think only uh, Thursday and Sunday are available still for uh, Celebration. Jesus. Um, but there's a part of me that really wants to go during Celebration. And You're just, nuts. I'm nuts. But there's a part of me that's like, if I just was like, let's do Galaxy's Edge and find people who are willing to run around and do all the data pad stuff, that might be the time to do it. Yes. But. You're going to get boarded. You know that, right? Meaning, so there's only the Galaxy's Edge has a cap. Oh, that's right, and we didn't run into that at all. Right, so there's a, and like it got pretty crowded towards the later half of the day. By the way, absolutely beautiful at night. Yes, 
Like, we mainly were there at the daytime, and we happened to go back to take most of the pictures at night or towards evening because we just hadn't done any yet. Right. Oh, we went back at night to get... Uh, I wanted to pick up presents for my family. Yeah, there were there was reasons we went back. Right. Beyond just getting pictures. Because I just don't want to... I, I was carrying around the lightsaber, and I was like, I want to carry around other stuff, too. So let me... We'll go back later. And so we went back later, and it's absolutely gorgeous at nighttime. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. It's great in the daytime, but nighttime is when it felt the most like, holy crap, I'm in Star Wars. Right. Because the whole place just felt alive. Right. Admittedly, there were way more people there at nighttime than there had been at the daytime. So the crowd was larger, a little bit more vibrant, but it was just like, it was just beautiful. Right. Um, I'm really glad that we went during the day, though, and we were able to walk around without being bothered. But exactly. I'm glad that we went back to experience it with people around. But yeah, I'm glad we get to walk. We got to ex- walk around stores like that without it being like wall to wall people. Yeah. One recommendation, speaking of stores, that I would have, and I think you would agree with this, is if you know you're going to be spending money at Disneyland oh, or right. at Galaxy's Edge, this is the Spira. Yeah. So basically, what this tiny thing is, is it's a gift card. It's full metal. Yeah. Super heavy. Super heavy. You have to put at least $100 on it, but they don't charge you for the card itself. But it looks and feels like an actual like, like a, thing. This like is a like a collector thing. item yeah. type thing that you can just get. So if you know you're going to spend money, because it works throughout the Disneyland Park, go to the Droid Builder or the Droid Depot. You can get it at any of the stores. But I think it's actually only at Droid Depot. No, because I saw it on the kiosks at oh. the uh, Resistance they might have changed that then. Yeah, so it's at every store, but the first one you walk into Galaxy's Edge is the Droid Builder, so it's easiest just to walk straight into there. Yeah, just go in there. They apparently only have a... They used to only have limited quantities. I don't think it's an issue anymore. No. It might have been a supplier issue, but you just go in, you can put the money that you're going to spend yeah, on, on this, and then you have a little collector item. Yeah. Um, which is what I use to buy this and uh, my Sabacc deck. All right. I did play some Sabacc, and... I haven't played it yet. It's super fun. It is super uh, fun. I did mess up my math though, so I didn't. I did make a couple mistakes, but whatever. It's alright. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I thought I was at zero the entire time. Turned out I was at negative one. I was like, oh shit! I was I was just at negative one more than I was uh, for like the entire game. I was like, oh, I'm at zero. I'm good. Mm. Nope. Okay. Yeah. I think the only other thing is James. Throw up that picture I told you that we needed to talk about. So. I, again, had never ridden Space Mountain. Right. I had an absolute blast. <laughs> I loved it. We went a second time. That's how much I loved it. Because I realized how short the line was. We're like, let's go back and do it again. I'm like, I want to do it again. It's your dad's favorite ride. I loved it. It's my favorite ride. It's your favorite ride. That is the picture they took uh, from the ride of me. <laughs> and my face does not at all correspond to how I felt on that ride. <laughs> It's so good. It's just like I just look dead inside. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, according to that picture too, like, and just just experiencing it with you, uh, hyperspace mountain like awakened something within you because that I had so much fun on that ride. It's like it's a trap, and you're like, yes. So obviously it's it's the new version of space mountain it's hyperspace mountain which means it's all star wars themed it's all star wars themed it's a lot faster than the original one and like to a certain extent i miss the nostalgia of the old 
uh, Space Mountain music and the old because like before there was a different music and there was no theming so it was just stars um but i do enjoy the like dog fight feel that you get from riding hyperspace mountain uh and like it i remember walking because like what you had what what expectations did you have while going into that ride like ah it's a roller coaster with some star wars stuff okay so like I remember I got off the ride and I looked back and you are grinning ear to ear. And I, I was like, oh, do you think? You're like, that was awesome. And like, it, it blew your mind of what that ride was. And the thing is, was. is like, we, because we had gotten fast passes earlier that day to go at night. Right. And we went through the fast pass line and under, t- I want to say it was 10, 10 minutes. minutes at most. So for anyone that doesn't know, that knows Space Mountain, we got into the showroom, into the docking room automatically like we walked straight through to the docking room it wasn't we didn't get stopped it was insane yeah and then we sat there and we were like we got off and we were like the line is really short and we were like let's go again yeah so we went back through and that one took about an hour um i want to say it was like it was between 40 and an hour it was not it wasn't it wasn't it was long not. and like we had uh there's a family that was standing with us that we had good conversation yeah, with we ended up talking like, with had, them, yeah yeah so we, we had a good time and so it was a. Uh, you know, it was a it was a good time. So we got to do it twice. And then we ran into uh guy I got a text message randomly, Kelly and Charles just happened to be right. in Anaheim that day and went, Hey, let's go to Disneyland and then we we're like, Wait, aren't Logan and Chris here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get a text message from Charles going, Hey, are you still at Disneyland? Yeah, so uh they showed up. Obviously I had to go home because I had to take care of my daughter, but uh yeah, then Logan we, stayed. Yeah, so that was a second ride through on Star Tours. What'd you get? Oh god, what did I get? I got um God, because the first time we got... We got Hoth Naboo. Hoth Naboo. The second time, I think we got Jakku and... I hate Jakku. Well, I think you hated it because you kept getting it all (laughs) the time you bought it. That was my first time seeing Jakku. It was another Resistance one. Um, At least I think it was another Resistance era. Was it? Don't... Oh, it was... uh, was, I got Jakku and uh, Crate. Oh, Okay. Um, so, which was kind of cool because it was like, here's the prequel. Yeah. And, or here's the one that's this weird mix of prequel and original yeah. trilogy. Here's the sequel trilogy. So I had fun with that. And then we ended the day because, uh, at, because they wanted to do the Haunted Mansion because it was themed for, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. And so that was how we ended the day. How was your experience with, with Haunted Mansion? So I enjoyed it. It was really cramped because all three of us right. were in the one ride, right, but right, it, right. it was fun. So, yeah. So... Obviously, now you've been on Haunted Mansion all weekend, I, or the entire time we were there, I was amazed at how long the line was for Haunted Mansion. I think we went through the line was 20 minutes. Yeah, but... If it had been the hour and a half, because it was an hour and a half, like, the entire day. The entire day. day. I would have been like, why did we wait an hour That's and a half That's what I'm saying. So, like, but like, that, the 20-minute wait, I was like, this is fine. Yeah. This is fun. So, that was the kind of thing where I was explaining to Logan, because Logan was like, is that long? I was like, yeah, that's long. I was like, do you know what it is? He's like, no, not really. I was like... Haunted Mansion is not worth an hour and a half of a long wait. I have no idea yeah, why. Yeah, if it was still an hour and a half wait, I would have been like, guys, can we just go do Smuggler's Run again? Yeah, like, there's no reason. Like, if you're going to wait an hour and a half, you might as well do Smuggler's Run, or you might as well do, like, Space Mountain again. Yeah, and if, like, if the line had been longer, we basically, it was... I think if I had wanted to push us to do Smuggler's Run, we would have done Smuggler's Run, but it was just like, you know what? I I walked out of going to Disneyland going, okay, I'm going back. I know I'm going to go back sometime in the next year. Yeah. Which... Disneyland's a good time. Yeah, it was fun, and the thing that's what's crazy about it is I've been living in L.A. for 
This is 2013, and it was right. the first time I'd done Disneyland, and I'm like, oh, I have saved myself thousands of dollars by not going until now because I would like, have been as long as you're, way more as long often. as you're smart about how you spend your money, you shouldn't spend. Yeah, that and much I money. spent more. I had planned to spend money on this trip. Yeah, beyond just going and getting the the pass. Right. I don't think I would necessarily go in with the goal of spending money. Right. I could go in and just experience the day. Right. I but did. a lot of this trip was, we're going to Galaxy's Edge. I knew I wanted a Sabacc deck. Right. I was hit or miss initially on the lightsaber just because I wasn't sure if money would line up. Right. And it did. So I did it. But outside of stuff like that, I am not sitting there going, oh, I'm going to Disneyland again to spend a lot of money. Right. As much as I know, if I go into well, Dark Ondars again, I'm going to be sitting there going, man, I want to spend a lot well, of money. It was, it was funny. I walked into... So as we were walking out, when you left, you guys, we were walking down Main Street, and I was like walking through, and uh, <laughs> I saw the big ass display for the bubble wands, and I was like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. So I walked in, I bought a bubble wand for my daughter, because um, we were joking about that the entire weekend that like I should get her bubble wand, but then the bubbles would get everywhere. But whatever. Yeah, like, but then it was gonna set a horrible precedent for your house. Right. So I mean, we ended up. I ended up just doing it and saying, you know, whatever. Only allowed outside, or is that rule not or No, it's broken? it's or it's only allowed outside. So because it makes an absurd amount of bubbles, it's like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, but it, she loves it. She loves it. She loves it. It's well, a good we time. knew that we she would love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were. It was like literally the entire time you would see it and be like, because they're everywhere. They're they're like pushing that. Basically, bubble. you or your dad would be like, we should get that for Samantha. Well, because the, then the other one of you would be like, but you know, the bubble. But she would just like we'd the, get it all over that place. The bubble wand is like one of the items that Disney pushes on every. It's it's everywhere. It's on every shelf. It's in every store. You can't get away from the bubble wand. And so on the way out, I was like going through the main. I was going through, again going to Main Street and like there's the big line of bubble wands with no line inside. And I was like, and you're just, I was uh, like, okay, I gotta I do gotta it. I was do like, it I gotta do it. Yeah. But oh man, no, it's I had a fun. I had, I had a lot of fun. Which I think speaks to, like, because a lot of my... The only reason I was really even like, I want to go to Disneyland, had been Galaxy's Edge. Right. Because I just hadn't had a great experience at Disneyland in the past, and it was because I went at the wrong time of year. Right. And now I'm like, oh, now that I know that... Disneyland was super fun. Disneyland was super fun. Yeah. Even and, even without Galaxy's Edge, like, Disneyland was super fun. Yeah. Like, Galaxy's Edge wasn't even the most fun part about our trip to Disneyland. It was, like, just Disneyland in general is fun. Yeah, because for me, it's, like, I know I want to go back and I want to go to Galaxy's Edge again because it's Star Wars. Yeah. That's always going to have an appeal to me on some level sure. that is going to be, like, baseline. Sure. Every time I go to Disneyland, I will probably want to go to Galaxy's Edge and do something. Right. Even if it's just to walk around. Right. Because it's... Star Wars. Right. But, yeah, I know if next time I go, I'm probably going to be like, no, let's... Because, like, we only did, really, uh, future... Tomorrow, we did Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland, Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge, Edge and, and a little bit of Adventureland. A little bit of Adventureland, yeah. And it's like, and you so know like, what? you know, we could, we, there's still like Big Thunder Mountain. We didn't do Matterhorn, which is one of my favorite rides. Uh, we didn't, we, we briskly walked through Fantasyland at the end of the night when it's dark as hell. Yeah, I um, had so much trouble. Like, I was like, uh, I don't know where anything is. Yeah, so like, uh, Fantasyland is something you're supposed to do during the day because the lighting's not great. Because it's old, like, it's old Disney, right? Yeah, I, the lighting was horrible at night. To where what? I, like, admittedly, with my crazy eye problems, everything 
is infinitely worse. Yeah. But it was still just like, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I'm going with you guys because I would be like, <laughs> where is anything? Yeah, because uh, when you think of Disneyland, you think of like the teacups and the castle and the princesses and, and Dumbo like, and Dumbo and all that stuff, right? All that stuff is in Fantasyland. It's in that's old Disney, right? So you know that's that's like the oldest part of the park that has been touched in a while. That's like. Iconic. That they probably can't touch because of it's how iconic. iconic it is, yeah. and, but like you can't add lights, right? Because it's just it's the lighting of it is part of the appeal of that land. But it's just it was dark, man. <laughs> couldn't see. Really dark. It was dark. You couldn't see anything. I was having trouble. Uh, I think at one point we had to like hold hands so we didn't lose each other because oh yeah, there was so. one point where we were literally like gripping each other just so we didn't lose everybody. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was towards the end of the night, and I was like, I don't want to spend a half hour trying to find y'all. Like, let yeah. me just, let me just like. Let's just grab on and, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. so, like, the more updated parts of the park, like Tomorrowland or, like, uh, obviously Galaxy's Edge, like, have way better lighting and they're, like, you know, made for modern-day uh, problems. But still, yeah, it's good. It was yeah, a good time. We had a, good, good we had a fun time. It was time. a really good time. And I'm already, I, like, literally, because, like, Kelly and I were talking at the end of the night after you had already gone yeah. about how it's like, okay, we need to just do a group outing to Disneyland. Yeah, and dude. It's just, like... It'd be a fun Try time. to get everyone to go who wants to go, go spend a day, and just not really, again, maybe have an agenda, but, other, but really have the agenda just be like, let's all have a good time. Yeah. And, um, like, the the thing that I will tell you, too, if you if you go with a big group of people, don't be afraid to split up, man. Yeah. Like, if someone wants to do this thing and someone wants to do this other thing, like... Just have coordinated meetup spots. Like, yeah. Let's be like, well, we're all meet together for lunch at, yeah, at X place at what this time. Yeah. And then, like, hey, uh, if you guys are going into a ride, like, just text the group chat. Like, hey, we're going to this line. Does anyone want to come yeah. join this line with us? And then you go from no, there. Like, it's... you know, you just coordinate. Yeah, no, but I had a blast. Because I, I do, I do, I have run into a lot of groups where it's like, we're with the big group, but they didn't have fun because they're just following around with this big group of people. And, like, they don't get to do what they want to do. They don't get like, to do what they want to do. like, dude, don't be afraid to just jump off. But they get a t- great t-shirt. Yeah. But yeah, well, like don't don't be afraid to jump off the ship and like do what you want to do. By the way, the number of group T-shirts is way higher than I would have thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's funny because there's a there's obviously a birthday party going on, like a family reunion or a family par- party with these blonde women, and so like oh yeah, the blonde women. There was there was a group of like about twenty blonde women that all were related, and you're you trying, can tell looking at them. I'm like, okay, siblings, children. Yeah, and you like just and like grandchildren. And you're like, man. All these women are related, and like we were trying to sit there and figure out like wh- how they were related. But it was so funny because they were, they're like clones, <laughs> but, but they were like standing there. We're in line, and they're standing we were the, in line at, at Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear. <laughs> and it was just like looking over, and it, it's like that is like, it's not just that you could tell that they were related. It was just like ridiculously how everyone looked very because they're all they all have like the reunion t-shirts on with the disney text theming and like all this stuff and the funny thing was the guys that were in line with us were doing the same thing of like that's an insane amount of like just like clones it was so funny to watch it was great pretty good time we had a fun time but no yeah i think that does it um of course Let's roll credits. Uh, like, share, subscribe, do all the fun things. You can, if you don't like watching us, you can always listen to us. All episodes are available on your podcast player of choice. Um, in fact, the podcast stream is often more up to date than the YouTube stream um, because it's easier and faster for me to get that up. Um, but yeah, like, share, subscribe, rate, do all the fun things, share us with your friends, tell us everyone how amazing we are. 
We will be back in two weeks with more Star Wars and some Jedi Fallen Order, and we will see you then. <laughs>